Blog Talk Radio. Hi there, I'm Mary Eileen Williams at Feisty Side of 50 Radio, and this show is a celebration of baby boomers who are embracing life as we grow older. But politically speaking, many of us have had a little difficulty celebrating certain aspects of our lives these past couple of years. And on that note, our guest today has delivered one of the most anticipated, amazing reads around. Her name is Vicki Ward, and her book is entitled Kushner, Inc. Believe me, if you are less than a fan of the current first family, you're going to want to devour every juicy tidbit you find in this book. I'm so excited to talk with you, Vicki. So welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. Well, it goes without saying, and before we went on air, I told you I've told all my friends that I get to interview you, this book is addictive. Uh, But obviously, you did a lot of research. It took, I'm sure, months, if not years, to pull all this together. Uh, But what I want to start out with is, of course, Javanka is a fascinating couple, but what led you to want to put all this time and effort into writing the book about them? What, in particular, did you have a moment then you got, oh, Oh, I got to find out more about these two. Yeah, so remember that my background is covering sort of the nexus of power and money. So my previous book had been about the world of New York real estate. I knew the president fairly well. Um, I had certainly encountered Jared and Ivanka, but I was very familiar with the culture that they came from, and it's a very brutal culture. It's really a culture that, um, you know, disdains rules a little bit. You know, it's, it's not the same as Wall Street. And I, I saw the signs. If you really want an aha moment, I think when, um, in, very early on in the transition, when the Trump family did the interview with 60 Minutes, and Ivanka sort of said, well, I'm not going in, but I've got all these interests. I, I, my sort of antennae went up. And then when we, everyone was told the next day they could buy um, her bangle for $10,000 or whatever it was, and then, you know, there was an oh, apology yeah. that they was to the norms of Washington. But as somebody senior in the transition said to me, you can't unsee it. And that's where I thought that really this was just one big marketing opportunity <laughs> for a banker. And I understood the mindset. <laughs> and he lost, you know, I, I, because I had reported on it for years. Um, and that, you know, I didn't know at that point, as we would all learn closer into the inauguration, that Jared Kushner had also been conducting secret meetings with his father um, with the Chinese during whilst at the same time he had put himself in charge of foreign outreach on the transition and was also hosting the Chinese government at Kushner Company's headquarters, not at the, on the transition floor. I didn't know all of that in real time, but those were the kind of things. And I think that, that, that when I then saw Ivanka get all these trademarks in from China right after she attended a meeting with her father, with the Chinese premier. I just thought, okay, I, you know, I've got to go and investigate. <laughs> that, that was really it. Because wow. It wasn't really right. 
Well, and speaking of not feeling right, again, there's so much information in this book. I I wish we had hours and hours to discuss it. But one of the things is that that you write about is that, of course, they've got this outward demeanor of being very calm, in control, Barbie and Ken-like. And you also say how important perception is, I think especially to Ivanka, but I'm sure to both of them. But you say underneath it lies a particularly dangerous mix of toxic mix of arrogance and ignorance. And that kind of really describes, I think, some, somewhat of, of, you know, in their core, it, it shows in these kinds of, like, you know, trying to sell their own image and their own products and all of that. Right. But I think that the danger of that, I mean, you're absolutely right, and Ivanka has been quoted as she herself wrote, perception is more important than reality. And I think that the other threads, really, of the book about these two, uh, the important threads, are that um, they're how, the, how controlled they both are by their respective fathers and their respective fathers' financial needs. Very important to remember mm-hmm. that Jared Kushner goes into this administration with a huge amount of debt hanging around his beloved father, who's, who's, you know, and his whole life's mission is really to avenge and redeem his father. Um, so I think that, um, you know, the, but, but the bigger message in a way is that these two self-interest have quietly in the background eroded systems and protocols of government that have been in place for decades that keep us safe. And that is what is so dangerous. The fact that Jared Kushner has basically used the Middle East as a kind of private casino to go and try and bail out his father, his family, find the money that they needed for this building in New York where the clock was ticking and a loan of $1.4 billion was due on February 2019. No one in America would touch it with a 50-foot barge pole. And the fact that because of all this, he is pushing the president to, to have the first U.S. official visit to be not to a country with shared democratic values, but to be the kingdom of Saudi Arabia. And at the same time, nobody knows that meanwhile Charles Kushner, his father, has asked Saudi Arabia's rival, Qatar, for a billion dollars and been turned down. Ten days after the U.S. official visit, where the theme of this summit it's supposed to be all about cooperation in the Middle East. The Saudis make a mockery of it by blockading Qatar. And Rex Tillerson, the Secretary of State, and James Mattis, then the Secretary of Defense, were absolutely horrified because Qatar has an American air base. That is our security at risk. And though they, did, they had no idea, none of us did, that Jared Kushner's father had asked the Qataris for a billion dollars and been turned down. Um, What they did know was that Jared Kushner had monopolized the relationship with the future Saudi crown prince, MBS, and that the Saudis would never have dared blockade and put troops on the border of American air base without permission from the White House. And they knew where the permission came from. It came from Jared Kushner. And that is when they felt Jared Kushner's naivety and his self-interestedness, it became downright dangerous. 
Well, and these are just some of the amazing and, fr- I have to say, frightening <laughs> stories that oh. you're going to find in this book. I mean, you really pull so much together. It, it's quite remarkable, I have to say. But I also want to ask you, Vicki, of course, you, you, know, you interviewed a lot of people. How receptive were the, the, their circle or people that interact with them? How receptive to speaking with you were they? Well, so here's what's so interesting. You know, you would expect that sort of people would align politically, right? But what what was so interesting when I reported this book was that the Republicans um, were almost as anxious to speak about this couple, the Trump supporters, the people close to the president, as the Democrats. That they both that that both political sides united in a funny kind of way over this couple. The Democrats obviously had huge issues with their ethics, or rather their lack of ethics. But the Republicans really felt that that they were an obstacle to the president, that um, their self-interestedness got in the way of um, Trump being as, uh, you know, as efficient as he could be with his policy-making, and they would just they would be as happy to see the back of them as everybody else. It was quite interesting. Yeah, that is fascinating because yeah, I would you know one would assume that one side would be you know really supportive and try to hide a lot of things, and I'm sure some people did, but uh, the fact that yeah they kind of uh, have a they were equal opportunity offenders so to speak. And yeah. speaking of that, you also write that a lot of the people in the White House, the White House staff, they kind of roll their eyes and grit their teeth when they know they have to deal with one of them. Yeah. I mean that's exactly right because because you know there's a there's a level of blindness that goes with Jared and Ivanka you know they're a bit like Inspector Clouseau they go around sort of bumbling into the furniture <laughs> only they can't see their own ineptitude and so for other people in the White House you know first of all there's a it's not a good feeling when you've played by the rules you've sold everything to go into public service and then suddenly two people who were not elected get special treatment and that's you know a lot of people complained to me that they found it really galling they found Ivanka's work ethic galling um you know she would often come late sometimes if she was doing you know TV appearances, change her clothes three times a day. I mean, this is a you know a place where traditionally people have gone to really put country first and to work yeah. very very long hours. And you know, Jared, you know, was heard. He would complain all the time about how expensive it was to go into government. So I think that when when everyone then all the disclosure films were first released and people realised that in fact he really hadn't sold very much at all and he just put most of his assets in trust his, it was a family business and he put them in trust with his brother so that's not really making any change at all it was just all so unfair and so wrong well it's and then of course we've been hearing a lot lately about the security clearance issues i mean that's just another and perhaps one of the more blatant uh, uh issues that came up, and and, um, you write about that, too. Well, I do. And, I mean, it's so interesting. Again, this is another example of sort of the time lag. 
because that's clearly been an issue from day one with Jared, that none of the intelligence or security agencies and Ivanka, you know, both of them, they're targets because of their inexperience, because of, in Jared's, you know, that their financial issues, wanting money, all of this, all of these reasons make them just exactly the wrong people to have security clearances. And I think, you know, even Trump's most loyal supporters feel that it's really not a great look for the president that he had, he's, a, he, he's allowed to, to overrule everyone and give them security clearances, but it's not a great look, which is precisely why John Kelly and um, Don McGahn, the, the former White House uh, legal counsel, both wrote contemporaneous memos to the file. Well, Vicki, again, you've shared a few of the highlights of this book. It is just, again, a fascinating read. I Kudos to you for all of this. I'm also wondering, we've only got a minute or two left, but how has the reaction been for you? Have you I mean, I'm sure people are like me, like gushing all over the place, and then you probably had some, let's say, less than gushing uh, responses to the book. You know, interestingly not. The, um, the, obviously, the White House, that have dismissed it, but they would. Um, and, but, but actually not, because I am so careful as a reporter. Um, you know, I double source everything, and I think my sources, you know, they know because I've worked with them, and I, you know, I never take one person's word for anything. I always double check. So actually, what I heard was that Jared and Ivanka were ring, you know, phoning around, asking people to discredit me, and no one would. Wow, Vicki. <laughs> well, I talk about discredit. I'm going to give you a lot of credit because this, again, it's an amazing read. Obviously, the research you've done and your professionalism and your career, all of that have all come together to produce one heck of a fantastic read. So thank you for your time and thank you for all of this. And we've got, again, about 30 seconds. Do you have any final thoughts you'd like to leave? Well, I just beg listeners to read it, whether you're Republican or Democrat, because, you know, this, the problem is that these are not, the, what I outline in the book are things that are sort of hidden from plain sight, and that's why it's so troubling. And it's like a cup of coffee being knocked over. It takes a second to do it, but it takes much longer to mop it up. And, you know, the more awareness there is of really what's going on in this White House, uh, the, the, the quicker we can affect change. Well, we will have to end on that note. Thank you again, uh, Vicki, uh, your time, and also sharing this fascinating and mesmerizing read, Kushner, Inc. It's been a treat having you on the show, and I'm sure everyone out there in my audience will get their hands on this book. I urge them to do that. And I can tell them from personal experience, it's a page-turner. It's a little upsetting at times, but it's something, as you say, we all need to take a look at. So until next time, this is Mary Eileen Williams at Feisty Side of 50 Radio, saying I'll catch you later. Bye-bye. <laughs>